0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out on this podcast. What I'm going to talk about is playing sports during a pandemic, whether or not you should or you shouldn't. Now, if you follow this podcast, you know that it's rare for me to talk about current events. However, based on what we're currently going through, this really isn't a subject that I could avoid. Um, so ultimately, I want to begin the podcast by asking a question for all of you that are listening. And here's the question. Based on what you know, or for some of you, what you don't know about COVID-19 would you allow your child or loved one to play sports during this pandemic with little or no testing? That's the question. And so before I get into talking about how I came to this and my, my overall thoughts on it, uh, obviously we have to eliminate professional sports because Currently, the NBA is playing, uh, Major League Baseball is playing, uh, the NHL, they're playing, and they're all being tested. The NBA is the only entity that is in a quote-unquote bubble. Uh, They are secured in a secured location at uh, Disney, and they're playing there, and so far so good. No positive tests. Uh, They have very strict rules as far as how you can enter and leave the bubble, so forth and so on. Major League Baseball at the time has had its more than a share of its bumps uh, because there have been several players and several teams that have had multiple players test positive um, for coronavirus and subsequently had to stop play uh, in order to proceed. But, they are at the time of this recording, getting through their regular season and speeding towards the playoffs. Uh, But I want to talk about a child playing sports during this pandemic with very little or no testing at all. Uh, Obviously, if you're talking about little league sports, uh, AAU sports sports, and as well as high school sports, uh, depending on where you are, there may or may not be any testing at all. Uh, just on a personal note, I don't really worry so much about uh little league because and that's not to say that you know these kids can't be exposed to the coronavirus, uh because there have been cases obviously of little kids being exposed to coronavirus. But for the most part, I'm talking about, you know, high school and college. Now in college, there is testing and I'll I'll get into that in just a second. But at high, at the high school level, there are some forms of testing, but not everybody is testing. And when you look at sports that aren't individual sports and what I mean by individual sports, I'm talking about, you know, your tennis or your golf, um, sports team sports, where you're going to have contact with other people and you're in a close proximity, uh, baseball, basketball, uh, and football, obviously, uh, are you okay with that? And you don't necessarily have to be a parent because this could be either your child or maybe a loved one, your little cousin or somebody. um, are you OK with them playing sports in a pandemic? I think for the most part, kids will do what adults tell them to do. So if you tell a kid to wear a mask, a kid is going to wear a mask. If you Tell the kid to wash their hands and social distance. They will do that. It is it is the adults who <laughs> have a huge problem with this. Um, honestly, I'm not as worried about Little League kids as I am uh, high school kids. And the reason being is that obviously we all were in high school at some point uh, and we knew how we treated being in high school and opposing things. And, you know, that level of or the thought of invincibility. Uh, So I get it. That being said, I'm concerned because. As. As football and basketball and baseball roll around for this calendar year for high school athletics, there's going to be a push to get athletes back on the field or the court or the ice or the diamond or the track. And the reason being is that, you know, obviously, as you're coming and going through a pandemic, people want to get whatever sense of normalcy that there should be. And I get it. But the reality is we're probably into our new normal. How things were prior to the coronavirus taking over the world. I don't know if and when we'll get back to that. I'm sure we will at some point, but I'm not sure what it's going to look like. None of us knows what the other side of the coronavirus will look like. Um, With that being said. Sports will be affected, and I mean, we saw it firsthand uh, back a few months ago when uh, the NBA's Rudy Gobert tested positive for the coronavirus, and the NBA subsequently shut down their league, and everybody else followed. And it was necessary because, obviously, with the the close close contact of sports and the NBA and basketball in particular, you had to, they didn't want to, but they did it anyway. And I I will give the NBA props for coming up with a solution to complete their season and the playoffs. And subsequently, hopefully at the time of this recording, they will record a champion of note for that particular season. Now, again, when you look at it, On the local level, as far as high school and college, that's where it becomes tricky because everyone is not testing. Everyone doesn't have the capability to test. So how likely is it that maybe you may be Corona free or your whole team may be Corona free, but you could ultimately be playing against a team with players that have tested positive for the coronavirus and maybe not even or been carriers and not even known it, known it. And you're playing in a game where you're constantly touching, sweating, spitting, leaning, tackling, bumping into someone that has the virus and you're constantly exchanging bodily fluids. How would you feel about that? Now, I know when it comes to sports and when it comes to high school and things of that nature, everybody focuses on the numbers because obviously. It's money involved. And. I wish I had time to talk about how the coronavirus has really. Brought out the obvious. Money is more important than human lives. That's another podcast for another day, to be honest, but that's the reality. And it's basically from my perspective, the United States government has basically said, look, you're on your own. Everybody is every man, every woman, every child for themselves. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't survival of survival of the fittest. Excuse me. So with that said, how do you feel about, you know, a, a child in high school playing and competing in a sport where they could be exposed And subsequently, if a child in high school is exposed. Where are they going to go? Obviously, they're bringing the virus home. And if they bring it home. There's a pretty good chance that they're going to give it to someone in their home. Particularly if it's not detected or caught prior to them exposing it. And so if you expose it to someone in your home. What does that look like? Because now you have people who are exposed. I'll say this. I'm not opposed to high school sports happening. I just don't know how you can do it and be safe in doing it. I have several friends who are, you know, high school football coaches. One of my best friends is a high school coach here in the city of Atlanta. And. You know, I'm concerned about him I'm concerned about his staff I'm concerned about the kids that play on his team yeah it's one thing to check a kid's temperature before practice it's one thing to check a coach's temperature before a game but if you're not actually having a full test for the coronavirus you really don't know and the one thing that I've constantly said uh, you know to my family and friends that I think people lose sight of is that COVID-19 isn't standing on the corner saying, hey, (laughs) come here. Let me talk to you for a second. You're fighting an enemy that you cannot see. You have to take the precautions that you need to take. But. Again, it's not something that you can see, so you have to be prepared at all times to fight. And be cautious. So, again, I'm not against high school sports. In fact, I'm not even judging any parents who, you know, have their kids playing high school sports. I am extremely concerned, though, because there's really no way of knowing. And ultimately. Your child is playing a sport because they want to play. They're not getting paid to play. And should something happen to your child? There's nothing that you can do. Because ultimately you and your child signed up for this. So that's my concern. And so as I see high school games at the time of this recording, high school games have already started across the country. Uh, I actually watched one on watched a little bit of one on ESPN the other night. Um, I'm concerned, especially when I look into when they pan the camera into the stands and the fans are just like literally sitting on top of each other with no mask, no means of social distancing, no nothing. But hey. We shall see. And then when you talk about college, college is even more interesting because. You have players that are at the university that the university will profit from, obviously. And the players get nothing in return. They are unpaid labor. Let's just keep it a bean. And so. To the question that I originally asked, yes, there is. Testing in college. However, how foolproof the testing is, I don't know. And what we have seen is there have been some colleges and universities that have either A, withheld their information as far as how many positive tests they've had, or B, they have been all in on this notion of let's have a college football season with very little or no regard to the athletes that they are looking to put in harm's way. I got a huge problem with that. Now, if any of you know me or listen to this podcast, you know that I love the game of football. Football is my first love. It will always be. I love watching football. I played college football at South Carolina State University. The majority of colleges in the United States this football season, this college football season, have said, no, we're good. We're not playing this, this fall. Some have said, okay, well, we'll look to play in the spring. My aforementioned alma mater, South Carolina State University, will be playing in the spring. They're looking to play in the spring because they know that, A, there's a possibility that there will be a vaccine by the spring for COVID-19. Also, the number of cases should be lessened by that time should be. But the reality is the numbers pretty much gone up. I wish I had time to talk about how they pull kids out of colleges and high school when the numbers were extremely low back in March And the numbers are extremely high right now, and they're pushing everybody back into school. But that's another podcast for another time. Nonetheless, college football is, at the time of this recording, about to start. But not for everyone. The Power Five conferences, uh, of the Power Five conferences, two conferences, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 has said, nah, excuse me, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have said, no, we're not playing. And that's upset a lot of people. But I get it. They have every right to. Uh, One of the major schools that is playing is a school that is in the Big 12. And that is the University of Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma traditionally, year in and year out, have one of the best college football teams in the country. Year in, year out. They've produced Heisman Trophy winners, so forth and so on. But Oklahoma is about to get it started at the time of this recording. Uh, I want to read to you a quote from their legendary coach, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley said, and I quote recently, he said this, and I quote, we haven't received much guidance on what's going to be required for games, But if given to us, we're going to have our faces covered somehow, some way, because, again, the health of the student athlete being priority number one. And there's no replacement for having a mask or something that acts as a mask at this point. So that's why we've been stressing it both on the practice fields and everywhere else. Close quote. Now. That was a quote from early in August of this year. Couple of weeks later, uh, Coach Lincoln Riley decided to give his team a couple of days off. I think it might have been a week off from football activities. the uh, Reason being is that the season got pushed back, and he wanted his players to have some time. He didn't want them to be, you know, on campus and just, you know, because there were no other students on campus. Uh, so we're talking about late June, early July, and when they came back. Uh, they did more testing and nine players tested positive, positive, excuse me, for coronavirus. And Raleigh went on to say that quote, there was a relatively small, that that was a relatively small number and that, you know, a lot of his players were being, uh, isolated for contact tracing. Contact tracing is the basis of isolating players or people. And just when they have potentially been exposed They may or may not test positive, but they've been in a space or place or around people who have tested positive. So ultimately, you want to isolate those people for in the event that they are positive. They don't spread the virus. Now, he said that at the time that their program was able to trace back to uh, every one of the positives. And. He said something interesting to me that. Stood out. He said that, and I quote, the area that our team has got to do better is. They have to do better when we're not here. And we've known forever that that's a major concern. Obviously, the nine positive tests is disappointing news. We've done such a tremendous job. This entire time, certainly, you know, when you give some players some time off, there is a risk in that. Close quote. To me, that didn't sound necessarily like somebody who was concerned about the welfare of his players. I mean, he'll say, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about my players. I don't want anybody testing positive. But the flip side of that is. We got to take care of y'all because we can't have y'all sick. It. It. To me, it didn't sound like somebody who was overly like he wasn't really necessarily concerned about their health. He was concerned about the fact that, hey, we got nine more positives, So now we got this. This sets us back even more. And, you know, you're on a college campus. In Norman, Oklahoma. What the hell is there to do in Norman, Oklahoma, other than be at the University of Oklahoma? <laughs> I mean, let's just be real. And at the time, not just on their campus, but a lot of campuses, there are kids who are getting together mask free. And having what they are calling. COVID parties. They are having parties to see who can catch the virus. And again, COVID-19 is not standing on the corner or in some dark alley waiting to jump on you. It's a virus and you're fighting a war in something that you cannot see. Lincoln Riley, much like a lot of college coaches, claims to care about his players. And I'm not saying that he doesn't have personal relationships with his players, because I'm sure he does, just like every college coach does. However, their concern stops at a certain point. I don't know necessarily that they are concerned about the health and the well-being of these kids, kids, again, who will not receive a dime from any money that is earned by the university. And I know what you're thinking. At least some of you are probably thinking, well, they get a college education and get a free education. That education ain't free and is really not free when you factor in that some kids come to college strictly to play ball. And to go to the pros, I wish I had time to talk about that, but that's a <laughs> trust me, that's another podcast for a whole another day, and and we'll, we'll have to revisit that. But ultimately, like I said, they these schools are while there are two Power Five conferences that won't play this fall, the Big Twelve, the ACC, and the SEC will. And so schools are lining up to play football this fall. But at what cost? Case in point, Two schools like the University of North Carolina and Notre Dame have suspended in-person classes because the coronavirus cases on their campus are through the roof. I think at one point. North Carolina had like close to 300 cases, and I think Notre Dame had close to like 400 cases. So they suspended in-person classes. So there are no kids on campus that are going physically and sitting in someone's class. However. The football teams. (laughs) Oh, no, baby, we practicing. (laughs) We are practicing. We are on campus. We are together. And I'm I'm saying on campus because I I don't know where the I mean, they may technically live off campus. I don't know. But my, my point in saying that is that. They have deemed the schools not fit for kids to be on campus and in a classroom, but. It's okay. we can congregate together and still play ball. Now, you tell me if that makes any sense. Outside of the potential to recoup some of that TV money that they are looking to get. Then you have a school like the University of Alabama. Everybody knows about Alabama football. Roll Tide, the whole nine. Legendary coach Nick Saban, one of the greatest coaches of all time. At the time of this recording, Alabama has over 1500 positive COVID-19 cases on their campus. And one of the funniest things is to read comments on Twitter of people that say, well, hey, they should just shut down the campus and keep the football team on campus. You try telling that to the junior or the senior who is, you know, just paid their room and board for the year that they got to get off campus. And the football team's going to stay on campus? Nah, that's not going to float. But yet and still 1,500 cases, Alabama is still gearing up for the season to start. And then there's a place like Tennessee, which recently they had 44 kids sit out of practice because either they had the coronavirus or they were in the process of contact tracing. And then you have schools like University of Nebraska, which is in the uh, big 12 excuse me, Big 10. University of Nebraska had parents actually threatening to pursue legal action against the Big Ten if they did not clarify their position on why they chose to pro- postpone football. Interesting. To say the least. One of the best quarterbacks in the country is a quarterback uh, by the name of Justin Fields at Ohio State. He, he wrote this petition saying, hey, we want to play. We want to play. And had thousands upon thousands of people sign signed the petition backing the college football players who actually wanted to play in the Big Ten. Justin Fields not playing this year. Because his school, Ohio State, is in the Big Ten and the Big Ten says, "Nah, we're not playing this year. Not this fall. And while we're on this, while we're on that subject, we might as well address the contradictions that have always been present in, in college football or college athletics uh, in particular. When the kids said, hey, we want to play. You know what the fan says? Oh, you guys should listen to the kids. They really want to play. But when the kids also threw in, let's talk about college athletes getting paid. Let's also address these social issues that are occurring on campuses for black athletes. Silence. Pure silence. And then for those who did have something to say, they said, well, no, you should focus on being a student. Ultimately, one of the bigger issues that they are running into is. One, we don't really know a lot about the coronavirus. What we do know is that cardiologists are increasingly concerned that coronavirus infections could. Ultimately affect your heart. And have complications that could lead to sudden death. In cardiac arrest in athletes. And this is why it's a major concern, because it's only a small percentage of covid-19 cases that will lead to cardiac arrest. But, you know. The ones who are at risk are the ones who have physical activity. And amateurs like college athletes. Might be less aware of the danger that's involved. You know, when you start talking about someone's heart, I mean, there's only been so much diagnosis they can do without them really, really fully testing your heart. There is a disease, a heart disease, if you will, called myocarditis. I think I pronounced that right. Myocarditis. Myocarditis. That's it. Myocarditis. It's an inflammation of the heart that's caused by viral infections that can lead to abnormal heart rhythms and even sudden cardiac arrest. And. This normally occurs in, I think they said about 75 deaths uh, of young athletes between the ages of 13 and 25, often without warning. If you remember the uh, Boston Celtics player, uh, Reggie Lewis, uh, he collapsed at practice and died from this in 1993. So it's not just about. Whether or not your athletes can test positive and how you quarantine and all of this other stuff, but there could be some long-term effects to even having your athletes test positive for coronavirus. And here's the thing: once they test positive for a coronavirus, if there are any complications down the road, who pays for that? How does that work? How does that look? If the star quarterback at Florida State tests positive for the coronavirus. And let's say he overcomes that plays his three years at Florida State and goes on and earns his degree or whatever the case may be. But let's say six years from now, he's having heart issues and they can trace it back to coronavirus is Florida State. Are they liable? Can he sue? We don't know. And again, I ultimately come back to the initial question that I started this podcast off with. Based on what you know, or for some of you, what you don't know about COVID-19, would you allow your child to play sports with little or no testing? Would you allow them to play with testing? I think I'm fortunate in a sense because at the time of this recording, I have two kids that are in college. Neither of them are playing sports, but they are obviously around people who, you know, on their college campus, hopefully. Will not have coronavirus, but I'm sure that there will be some. No different from me walking around the city of Atlanta, I'm going to be exposed to someone who has coronavirus. Unbeknownst to me. So. In asking the question, I I guess ultimately my answer is. I wouldn't allow it. And that's not fair to the child, but I think until we can get on the other side. You're running a risk. And to me, I don't think the risk is that. I don't I don't think it's that big for me. It's, It's a huge risk. It's not a risk I'm willing to take with a life. But when you choose money over life. Everything's on the table. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for me. Thank you for checking out this latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five thousand.